0: there because i don't i never know if he's there or not Hola, there he is oh boy i never can tell are you on your phone
1: i'm always on my phone
0: ah you're always on your phone you take it with you everywhere
1: well our computer died so anything i do as far as big brother electronic devices surveilling me is going to be on my phone yeah I had to get you a tablet.
0: I can't see your icon of the dentist chair. That's weird. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, it's showing up in mine. It's next to
0: the I picture see it. of the Action
2: Comics
1: cover.
0: Yeah. Oh, I see it now. I, I was like on the wrong screen. Yeah, yeah, that's, a, that's appropriate. Yeah. I, I hate the dentist. Are you in pain?
2: Uh, not this moment. I, I had a, it hit real bad at one point at the, at, at work today. And I'm, I called him and it's like, I can't wait any longer. I need to get in tomorrow. So, yeah, I've been, so, so, uh,
0: it's a chip. Is that what it is? It had cracked, uh, during,
2: uh, the initial quarantine.
0: What were you eating? Corn nuts? What were you doing?
2: I can't remember, to be honest with you. I just, I just know I, I cracked it on something. Um, and, and then, um, you know, it took what, like two, three months to get in there. And when I finally did, he did a filling and it's just been hurting real bad for like, uh, probably a month now. And that, you know, I go in, get an adjustment, go in, get an adjustment and it just, it hadn't fixed it. So he's like, well, if it doesn't uh, take this time, we can pull it. So he's going to pull it tomorrow.
0: Pull it and then replace it, or just pull it.
2: Uh, it's a back molar, so yeah. I should I should be fine without it. Uh, uh, if it's problematic, we could get something put in later.
0: Uh, so, I was gonna say, yeah. man, when you smile, it's gonna be a big <laughs> hole in your mouth. <laughs> no, it, it's, it's, it's
2: the very very back one. Luckily, it's behind a crown, so you'll see it a little, but you have to kind of be looking for it.
0: Is it sensitive to cold or oh. heat?
2: Yep. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thinking it probably got infected. You know what that means is a root canal
0: with a crown. If you if you were to get it fixed,
2: yeah, and that's yeah. why we decided not to. I I figured we could see see how it goes without it, and then we can.
0: Because
2: yeah. I've had so many root canals, I hate them.
0: I hate them, but the thing I like about them is that once the once the root out, you don't yeah. have to worry about any kind of nerve pain. Because nerve oh my, pain is the was, worst.
2: I had one tooth. They missed a root because apparently some teeth have extra roots. Yeah. I had two root canals on the same tooth.
0: Oh, I had that happen too. I had yeah. it happen. So I'm with you. It was my far back molar.
2: Yep. It was the next to last one on me. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then there was this other dentist that said, oh, you need, you're going to, we'll we'll fill this, fill this, put a filling in. And I'm like, are you sure? Because I, I, I felt I needed root canal. And now I know I need a root canal, but I'm just blowing it off.
2: Yeah, Yeah. it's it's not fun, man. That tooth pain is about as bad as anything that you can deal with.
0: Yeah, Superman is even in pain. (laughs) Right. They must be using some kryptonite gas or something. (laughs) That was me
1: getting my braces tightened as a 12-year-old right there. Ah. No,
0: stop! Stop!
2: Yeah, that that was me on Thursday when he did the final bite adjustment and he shot it with water. I literally about jumped out of the chair.
0: <laughs> oh Lord. That that's I'm surprised your dentist with that test though uh didn't say, Oh, I need a root canal or I need to pull it.
2: Yeah, he's he said he said give it three more days on um what do you call it, anti inflammatories. Yeah. So I've been I've been doing the max dose of ibuprofen. Yeah, my dentist like would have say with that
0: with that cold test and that Stuff they would say, no, we need to root canal it.
2: Yeah,
0: oh, well, good luck, good luck, my friend.
2: Thanks. Well, Thanks glad we go caught go. on
0: tonight. I ain't gonna be
2: able to talk probably tomorrow.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, we're very fortunate. Sorry, I was a minute late, but I was watching, I was bagging and boarding comics and watching Collector's Corner. I need Lisa to show you. Yeah, it's great. The mm-hmm. the only thing that I man, I wish they would ask is what these people do for a living. God, I would just love it. Cuz I I would just like to know where they get the money to buy all this shit. Like it's it's some of it's really worth a lot. And the only time they ever went into a a price was when I mean, an occupation was one of the guys is like a radio show guy with a He's sort of a comedian, but other than that, they don't say anything. They don't say what these people do. There was even a guy who collects, like, Michael Jordan shoes, and they're, like, no joke worth a fortune. I mean, not Michael Jordan, but um, Nike. Air Jordans. Air jo- well, they're Air Jordans plus they're anything else that comes out with that brand, and it's just poof. Right? Yeah,
1: I-, I saw the end of that one. He had a room just... Filled with shoes. We're,
0: we're looking at fifteen hundred dollars a shoe. Like, Amelda
1: um, Marcos would have been jealous of his shoe yeah. collection. Oh
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just and then today's was like uh, Star Wars. This guy had a lot of Star Wars vintage stuff, and I'm like, God dang! If if I only kept these things in their packages, I'd be rich.
2: Yeah. 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 Who would want to be a kid in 1979 though, with everything in a package? They would have looked like you were crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just wish I'd saved like the duplicate figures, because somebody you might get an an, another Darth Vader at a birthday party. Yeah, you already had Darth Vader. Well, I'd open him up anyway, and then have like. This is my evil twin Vader. Well, why, why didn't I set that one in the closet? You know,
0: this, this is the Vader in the cave. <laughs> right, he's the image Vader. <laughs> my my
2: kids, when they get that kind of stuff, because they do like the blind box toys. Those are the ones they like paint and do like mash up toys with them, where they like to take the head off of one and put it on the body of the other. Oh so, lord! And, and they come up with all sorts of stuff.
0: No, it wasn't until high school that I started saving everything in their original packages. But
1: Yeah, that's probably about when I started. After I'd outgrown playing with them, but I still wanted them, I would buy some just to collect them. Because at one point, I had every one of the Ninja Turtle figures, and yeah. I only ever opened one. I opened the Raphael, the first one
0: I bought. Are you talking about really the, cool. the the Playmates? Yeah, the Playmates. Yeah, yeah I have all of those. They're, they're, they're still in pristine condition. Like, they have all the accessories. They were, um they're just out of the package. They're in one of those Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cases. So they're still in great shape. I have the Dick Tracy, too. Um, nice. The original set. So, yeah, I, I kept them in pristine. And then I have all my Star Wars, like, Although I didn't get too many from *Return of the Jedi*, I have *Star Wars* and then I have Re- *Empire Strikes Back*. And then for whatever reason, I didn't have many *Return of the Jedi*. But I, I would like buy a lot. So like if if there were like a Cloud City scene, I wanted five Bespin soldiers. <clears throat> you know, like I wanted ten snow troopers and ten rebels troopers, so I can recreate Hoth. Right. So it's like, yeah, I would do a lot of that.
1: Yeah, yeah I my, a lot of the Cobra soldiers. That's what I was just about to
2: say. Yeah. My mom wouldn't play that. I'd be like, "Can I get one of these, and, you know?" And she's like, "No, you already have that one." And I was like, "No, I, come on, I need I need more." And so I'd have like three Cobras total. I'd have like Cobra Commander Destro and like one Cobra soldier against like 50 GI Joes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, they had this cool toy that I had never seen. It came from San Diego Comic-Con. It was from the original, uh, well, episode one, episode two, and episode three. But it had like a Jar Jar Binks and some of the, the troopers they introduced in those movies and the droids that were around the box. And the middle was a, a carbonite freeze chamber. And it had a carbonite uh, figure of Jar Jar Binks in the middle. <laughs> And I was nice. like, that's kind of strange. I've never seen that before. <laughs> but it was it was awesome. Like, uh, We just had uh, barbs into the Muppets figures. And uh, I just ordered the San Diego Comic-Con 2020 uh, Muppets Electric Mayhem Band for her. And I was able to get it through Cowabunga because I saw it, you know, the release saying, we're going to release these in limited, because there are like 3,000 of them. Right. And uh, I asked Eric to see if he can get one, and he sh- he got one for me. So we we got it in the mail this week. It's pretty sweet. The whole entire who electric. The,
1: who, who makes the Muppet figures now?
0: Um, I don't know.
1: My son's got. I a think it's di- of those. I,
0: I don't know who did the original, but these were Diamond Select.
2: Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think what Henry has too is Diamond Select ones because they did those little um mini mates too, which is a Diamond Select thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: But but before they were Diamond Select and you could get them in the store, they were something else.
1: Yeah, I remember they made them. I want to say like in the early two thousands, there was a Muppet figure toy line. Yeah. Because I got a, I I bought a couple of those for my wife. She was a huge Muppet fan, and and when we were, she was girlfriend Mindy. She was into the nerd stuff a little bit, but wife Mindy wishes this crap was out of her house and we could go to the beach more often.
0: (laughs) Well, I I know what I want to do is I want to help you sort your collection if I can retire early. I'm flying out there. I just want to see what's in it. Come on over. I want to do a collector's corner. Oh, jeez.
2: Live collector's
1: corner.
0: (laughs) Yeah, live. I want to be lifting boxes and finding out what's in this box.
1: We'll do a live stream and and have Joe jump in.
0: <laughs> like,
1: look at this box. There's thirty copies of steel number no. four in here from nineteen seventy eight.
0: Yeah. I already saw that box. <laughs> steel number <No>. five, <laughs> I thought it was.
2: Looks like Palisades used to make the Muppets. Does that, that sound sounds, right? Yeah, yeah that, that sounds right. that sounds yep. right. Yeah. Yep. I don't think we have any of those in the house. I think all of ours are diamond ones.
0: Yeah, and the there was I was watching one collector's corner and this guy had a Bonanza set like figures of what? action figures and I've never seen before I'm like Bonanza what the hell is this and That's uh, awesome. he, he wanted a and then he, this guy had a a full collection of the Johnny West dolls like. I don't know if you've oh, ever I seen love him. I, I know West. Kirk. I know Kirk knows who it is, but he had the females and all of them, and all I had was Johnny West, and I still have him, but he has no hat, and he's, you know how the they had the rubber hands. Yeah, I like, had Geronimo, and my
2: yeah. sister had. Uh, did they have poka Was it Sacagawea? Maybe.
1: Maybe. Yeah, I she. My I sister had one, an Indian, Indian, and I had Geronimo, and I think she had a a little a pouch for a baby. Yep. Yeah. 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 My sister had that one. I this had a guy, bunch of those.
0: This guy had the full set on this like very unique he even bought like the toy display. So like let's say if Sears or whatever had a toy display with all the Johnny West figures, he had that that toy display. That's awesome. So he 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 had the entire he assembled it himself, but he found that toy display. It amaz- It amazes me like what's worth money. You think you just throw this out and it's got value to it.
2: I, t- I tell you, outside of selling um, the original uh, Scott Snyder run of Batman on eBay, the thing that I got the most money on eBay for was when I sold my muscle collection. And I didn't even have that many. And I got a couple hundred dollars for them.
1: Are those the those millions little... of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere?
2: Yep. What
0: did you yeah. get? What did you get for them?
2: I got I had maybe 20 and I got like 270 bucks or something like that for them. It was is, crazy.
0: Is that uh, out of package or in package? It was out of package
2: but I still did have the trash can.
0: Oh, okay. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, so, but, I mean, it was more than would have been in a trash can. It would have been, like, some blister packs, when, uh, uh, pack ones as well.
0: Yeah. But, yeah,
2: I, I'm, like, just for, I I sold my superpowers at one point, too, and um, loose, and I did okay with those, but I was, I was amazed by how well those muscle men sold.
0: Yeah. Yeah, see, I have almost a full collection of the superpowers, but the tail end of that, I don't have. Like, they're, oh, there's, like, like... Cyborg? I have. I don't have Cyborg. I don't have Mister Miracle. I don't have. Mister um, Freeze. I have Mister Freeze. Okay. Um. I don't have the Golden Pharaoh, but I have some of the other ones, like that. Um, Super Samurai. Samurai. Yeah, I have him.
2: I have. I have, him. I have
0: yep. Red Tornado. Yep. Uh, Cyclotron. Uh, the Parademons. So I. I got quite of the collection. I just. Missed out on some of those obscure ones, like. Are Bibles. they still
2: together? Cause like Red Tornado, I, my arm kept falling off of that one, and Brainiac. No, they're,
0: they're all. Uh, kept I didn't, breaking. I'm older than you, so at that time I wasn't really beating them to hell. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> sure, I, sure. I was I was keeping them in pristine. Even though the waist turns like on the samurai, like they they like it fakes a spin. You pull the arms right. together, and it their legs spin. Right. Yeah those are yeah, great the, yeah I,
2: I when i sold the red tornado the guy uh, said he gave it to like his three-year-old and the arm broke off and he wanted a refund i said nope just pack them back up and send them back to me i'm like i wasn't about to do a refund for that yeah and what kind of man gives a 20 year old toy straight to a three-year-old anyway that you just spent like a couple <laughs> hundred bucks on the set
0: that's nuts <laughs> that's insane well i, I, I
1: certainly wouldn't give mine to a child but i've i had my boys get into stuff that oh, they sure. weren't supposed to you know like the rule is you don't go in the comic room and then there's been more than once where i'll hear giggling from the comic room and like get out
2: yeah, <laughs> the bulk of that stuff i i gave up on um because after they broke my batmobile i pretty much just quit caring so what
0: what what batmobile was it
2: the superpowers one
0: oh man i don't have any superpowers vehicles
2: I had several and they broke that one. I just, and that one broke my heart and and they've, they've taken most of the toys. I have a handful. Yeah. I have feng Fang foom and uh, a couple of other ones that I don't let them play with, but they're pretty much all gone now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's a shame. The only one I had was the Mego Batmobile and then the Batman 89 Batmobile.
2: Oh, that's a nice one.
0: Yeah. Not too many vehicles. Although I did have a couple of Mego ones. I had the Spider-Man one with the the thing that has the web trap on the back of it. The spider car. And right. then the Captain America one that drops the shield forward. And then the green arrow one that shoots a, like a dart out of the front.
2: I was at the tail end of Mego. I, I had Spider-Man, Robin, and maybe two of the pocket ones. I think I had like Lex Luthor and I want to say the Hulk uh guy yeah i just i came in at the very end of amigo so i didn't have very many of those
0: do you I, i've never asked you this question i know how kirk collects like i do but do you buy comics and then sell the comics to buy more comics or what what is your um your thing or do yeah, you trade I, I at this point i uh
2: if i start feeling like i've got too much uh, i'll trade or give Okay. Um, I have I have sold in the past, like the one that Scott Snyder thing. It was uh, it was a uh, it was before I was back at work and money was tight, and I just happened to look up on eBay how much they were going for.
0: Yeah,
2: and and I was like, you know what? I'm happy with the trade. So I bought like the ten dollar, fifteen dollar, Court of Owls and Death in the Family trades, and I, I, I sold them, you know, and and you know, paid for like three or four months worth of comics that way. Yeah. So, but I I did that with a lot of the new fifty two.
0: Do you but still lately do that?
2: No, not really. Lately, I either give them to folks uh, or I just go trade them in at like the bookstore so I can have credit to get something. Oh, but you don't
0: trade them back to like my comic shop and then get credit at my comic shop, or?
2: I I did it one time, but man, the the hassle and the packaging and the shipping the shipping's really expensive. Yeah. Um, and it, I'm sure it's worse now, but because yeah, I have traded to my comic shop one time. That was actually fun because you know you just scan them and boop boop boop, and then package them up. But uh, yeah, I got a couple. Of, I got a few months worth of uh, new comics doing that from my comic shop one time. Hmm. Yeah, usually they end up with Kirk or or uh, somebody else, whoever's willing to take whatever I don't want to keep off of me.
1: I <laughs> do you I root just, for Kirk I... to get them all? I like that guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah professor Allen gets quite a few too
0: yeah and do you get stuff in return or no oh yeah uh, yeah uh
2: alan's always sending stuff out and yeah. you know but it, it, it's more than anything i just my room uh is finite In um so is I,
0: mine I, but you just take away living space that's what, just <laughs> just do that
1: Log boxes I, I, can be made into furniture.
0: I, I, I tend to rabbit
2: hole, too. So, like, uh, right now, I just don't have a lot of free time. Um, so I've been doing a lot of mangas because they're super portable. So, uh, and, and it's also I, it's something I share with the kids because they, they love cartoons, whether it's like Bugs Bunny or anime. They don't really care. So they know the, the manga characters. And like I say, I can throw them, I can throw that in the backpack. It doesn't take a lot of uh, room or I can read it on an app. Cause the app for MOG is super cheap. It's like two bucks a month. So, uh, just cause there's so little free time. That's the the bulk of the reading I've been doing. And I, but I, I just rabbit hole, man. I'll be like, I want to read about image. And then I'll buy like every image book that comes out for like three or four months. And ultimately you're not going to like everything.
0: Yeah.
2: And, uh, and the handful I don't like, get shipped out to Alan or Kirk or get sold back to bam or something. Hmm.
0: Huh. I couldn't part. It's like getting rid of children. <laughs> if kids make you mad enough, you might part with one of them.
1: <laughs> I've been thinking about it during all this COVID early summer vacation stuff.
2: All right. I, wonder,
1: I wonder if somebody would trade comic books for a teenage boy.
2: <laughs> I don't know too many people are going to take you
1: up on that one, buddy. <laughs> Maybe not during, a Whataburger gift card? Not during <laughs> COVID,
0: for sure. That, you're you're out of luck, man. I think a lot of parents are having a difficult time keeping them busy.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And, and, you know, was, with with uh, fall coming up, you, you know, there's some big decisions getting made, too, because this isn't going any, away anytime soon. Yeah. So, I don't know what Colorado's doing, but they're talking about splitting time here. Uh, so they might do like, some kids do like a day on and then they have a day off and then they alternate out or something.
0: Yeah. Who knows? I have no idea. I don't keep track of it. Yeah. I don't have kids, so I don't have to worry about it.
2: Yep, That's, that's a good time not to have to worry about it. That's for sure.
0: I only worry about the spread. I mean, I guess you have to, but you could be as careful as you, you want. Right. Can't yeah, lit, you could do everything right uh-huh.
1: and still end up with it. That's what's scary. And then you have so many people who just act like nothing's going on, nothing's changed since a few months ago. And like, dude, let's let's take a few more precautions. Stand back and let's see if we can try to get this stuff to die out.
2: Right. You well, know, have you guys been listening to uh, the Rob Liefeld podcast at all?
0: No, I didn't know he had a, po- a podcast.
2: Yeah, Rob's got a podcast. The one thing he said that I thought was kind of kind of funny, as he said, now that we're getting out of the pandemic. And I, I think what he meant was like, now we're getting out of quarantine. But I think some people do think that way. They think uh, uh, now that quarantine's ending in a lot of places or has ended, they think that that means the pandemic o- is over. And, and that's not the case at all.
0: Well, I th- I, th- I thought Rob was in California. That's a disaster area.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is in California, but I, I just remember him saying that on one episode. You yeah. should check it out, man. He's like the super fan. You would enjoy
0: it. Yeah, I, I, I like Rob. I just don't. I, I am a Rob fan. I just yeah. don't like. I don't like him when he bashes other shit. Like mm. he he does that a lot, and this he puts down comics. And I, it bugs me. Like, yeah. but I, I'm very forgiving to like. My heroes, so. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I this just is damn. him like
2: fanboying over like Frank Miller or uh, George Perez or Jack Kirby or whoever he's talking about yeah. that episode. Yeah, so, he's, yeah. he's he's,
0: he's I, I like his enthusiasm. Yeah, I, I like his energy. I like a lot of things of him, but I don't like him in social media. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I, yeah. I, whereas I, I, Todd, I, just... I idolize because Todd. Todd gets on there, and he just starts drawing. he's like, Oh, how do I do this?" and I watch the videos <laughs> on uh on uh facebook right um, yes, yeah. but I like all of them. My favorite is eric larson like I, I of all of all the image people I put Eric Larson on that platform like he's on he's on the plan nine there he's on <laughs> Plan 9 from outer space, the worst movie ever no he's uh, he's my idol.
2: Yeah, Eric and Eric and Todd are probably definitely my two favorites. Oh, for no other reason, I like Spawn and Dragon the best too.
0: Yeah, they're they're. Uh, I have a full collection of Dragon. The Spawn, I may have a full collection of Dragon. I still haven't inventory a closet yet, but I need to do that. I I almost have all of Rob's stuff too. There, it, he's easier to to get because there's not a lot of it.
2: Right. I mean, I mean, he, he was and more not to sound and... mean either, there's not a lot of demand for it either. You know, yeah. that, the, the Rob image stuff tends to not be, I mean, that tends to be like dollar bin fodder. Well,
0: that's because the, he doesn't have as much success as he did when he first launched it.
2: Yeah, no doubt.
0: <clears throat> but I, I enjoyed brigade and blood strike and
2: those are my young two blood,
0: favorites. young blood. And I liked what he did with arcade too. Like, arcade was awesome because he had like robert kirkman writing at the time i mean he had like good writers and then when he was doing glory and all that other stuff he had a lot of alan moore stuff so yeah you know supreme so there's there's some good stuff
2: that alan moore supreme is one of my all-time favorite runs
1: yeah i haven't read the entire run but what i've read of it is just excellent
2: yeah, it's good. He yeah. he did even like two issues of Youngblood which are really good, but I think that's it though. I think he only did like two.
0: Yeah. Then, uh, he did he, a uh, crossover event for them too. I forget what it was.
2: Yeah, he his his Wildstorm stuff's good. I mean, I, most of the Alan Moore stuff in that era, I I I really like.
0: Yeah, Warren Ellis did yep. a lot of Stormwatch. So I have a full run of that too, Stormwatch and I still need to work on my Wildcats, but I I have like a full run of Stormwatch and Authority. <clears throat> but there's 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 some other stuff that I want. I, Did you I, ever I, finish I off
2: down... Icon and all that stuff? From yes. Milestone? Yes, I okay. finished
0: all of it. I those, have all that those stuff, last yeah. books are tough. Oh yeah, one of them was a bear, uh, and and I would it was expensive too, but it wasn't expensive for me because I had. I had somebody help me. Nice. find it because they knew I was trying to complete it and uh I I kind of lucked out. I can't remember if it was Oh, it was um mm, mm, mm. Icon one of the last issues of Icon, I think. That's but what I, I thought it was. I, icon. I was having oh. a hard time. Those those last if if you get into the last issue and the penultimate issue, they are hard to find on that series. Right. They are low print runs.
2: That, that, I don't remember uh, when I started doing that, but there for a while when I was buying like almost uh, every uh, major book from uh, the big two, that was the one thing I always kept an eye out for. Is when they when they you saw that they were canceling the series to make sure you get those last couple of issues because you know for years two of the most expensive books I owned were um the final GI Joe and the final Star Wars.
0: Yeah. That's the way, what people really need to look at is issue two and three, and then yep. the last two issues. <laughs> yep. If you, if you want to yep. spec them, those are usually the most expensive.
1: When I was very young, my dad told me, and he was not a comic book guy, but he told me that if you're going to collect, the best things you can do is buy the first issue and the last issue. I mean,
0: he's, and, not uh, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. Well, at
1: the time, in Overstreet, most of the time, the last issues didn't have a premium. I was like, you're crazy, Dad. Why would you say that? He's like, because if it's ending, it's usually ending because it wasn't selling. And it's going to be harder to find when people want to build their runs. And I was like, okay. So I followed his advice. If I saw last issue on the cover, because this was still back in the days of looking on the newsstands.
2: Yep.
1: And uh, if I saw last issue on the cover, I'd pick it up. And sure enough, through the years, that's turned out to be some wonderful advice.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that was always a selling point for me. Like I'd see last issue, like on the Star Wars, and and you know it'd be a book I hadn't read in a few years. I'm like, ooh, I should grab that and see what how they're finishing out because you know, by the time Star Wars ended, it, it'd been kind of dwindling for a few years there.
0: I wish I would have stuck with Star Wars. I I don't have much of it. I have it the entire collection in 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 omnibus format, but it's not the same. <laughs> yeah,
2: I, I have that. I have that dark horse where they're they're not quite digest, but they're not quite trades yeah. of uh, of those. And yeah, same thing. I got a bunch of them, but they're real beaters. Like they're <laughs> they're in really bad shape, but yeah. I can't bring myself to part with them.
0: They're good comics too. They explore oh, some yeah. cra- crazy stuff. That Green Rabbit.
2: Oh yeah, Jacks. Jacks. Yeah, yeah. I like <laughs>
0: I think he's appearing in an annual or something on IDW. I think I ordered it.
2: Yeah, I, it's, I think two years in a row now because he did a Lando one last year with him. Yeah. And I think it's the uh, second year in a row they're having him in it. Yep. That's cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we would better get on topic because you got a dentist appointment tomorrow.
2: Yeah, I just don't know when the next, like, I don't want to have to ride through, like, a, a wave of pain while we're in the middle of the show. So, yeah, I don't want to stay on too long.
0: Yeah. So but I speaking
2: don't... of Star Wars, I can roll, because I got something that kind of ties into it.
0: Star Wars that's related to DC? I'd like to hear it.
2: All right, so this is one I've been threatening in my own mind to do for a while, and uh, I didn't have a whole lot of time this weekend, uh, so I was like, well, let's go see That's an old favorite.
0: You're, you're reading a lot of manga.
2: Well, not only that.
0: <laughs> I just yeah, Those are I, 11,000 just... pages, or they're at least <laughs> 1,100 pages a, a shot.
2: But uh, I'm sure uh, Kirk knows I'm a big fan of this one. Uh, Sun Devils. Uh, by Jerry Conway and Dan Juergens. This is from 1984. This is one of those books where I, 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 ne- I didn't have issue one originally. Um, I, uh, in a trade or somehow, you know, back when you're in middle school, sometimes comics made its way into your collection. You're not even sure how you originally got them. I, it was probably from a, a kid who traded it to me. And for years, I didn't have the the first couple of issues. And it was one of those I'd have, like, I don't know, like, three, four, seven, eight nine, twelve, you know, and there'd be yeah. gaps. And uh, eventually I did fill in all the holes and I did a reread a couple of years ago to see if it was still one I really liked and it still is. Uh, the funny thing for whatever reason when I was reading it yesterday, how much like uh, it was influenced by things like Star Wars and, and Battlestar Galactica uh, really jumped out at me this time. Uh, and maybe it's because I hadn't been reading a whole lot of Western comics uh, recently, but it, the the influence of the era it came out seems seems pretty evident. So anyway, I'll get started, and it starts with one of my least favorite things in comics. Um,
0: are you starting with number one or what? Which, which starting with issue? number one. Yep. Okay, gotcha.
2: Book, book one, The Gathering.
1: When is this? Is this around eighty four when this came out?
2: Yeah, Ju- July nineteen eighty four is the first issue.
1: Okay,
2: but uh. It, if you've ever followed me on Twitter and, and, and I've, I've I've talked about Spawn, the one thing I always get irritated with as much as I love Spawn is the newscasting talking heads. I don't know why. It's just because it feels like info dumps. I've never been a fan. And that's how this comic starts. It's a big info dump done with the Galactic newscast. Um but at least it's pretty brief. And it's basically just letting you know that there's this sauroid race. I hope I'm saying that right. They're kind of like dinosaurs, or so sauroid. Anyway. And they're led by the Carvis Coon and he's the head of this triad uh, confederacy. And basically they're trying to start up a war with the uh, the Space Federation. So we find this out from the, the newscast and then uh, they take you uh, to this planet called Wolfholm and you've got these like speeders chasing around the planet and you know, it's very Luke Skywalker looking speeders. And uh, the kid is Rick's son and his brother Kirk, and they're racing the speeders and uh, Kirk suspiciously looks like a famous Jedi that I might've just mentioned. Um, There's a disagreement. (laughs) (laughs) There's a disagreement because Rick's not joining the Navy. He's going to be like doing kind of like ambassador type work. And, uh, you know, everybody's really gung-ho because there's about to be a war, it looks like. But uh, Rick's convinced there's not going to be a war that, you know, uh, it's, everything's going to work out. So he's leaving for Earth. And um, as he's getting onto his uh, shuttle or spaceship or what have you, there's this alien female with a tail. And she's got this little white puffball on her shoulder. Um, and there's also a, a soroid agent on the flight. So, okay, then we go back. And uh, that guy, uh, Carvis Kuhn, who is leader of the Triad Confederacy, uh, has decided he's going to invade Wolfhome. And uh, as he's attacking, uh, Kirk's son, you know, the guy who looks kind of like Luke and the brother of Rick, uh, is leading an armada to defeat him. And this is what really reminded me of Battlestar. And I'm sure you remember Battlestar Galactica when the Cylons swoop in and they're just blowing everything to hell. It just yeah, had that that's kind of the- vibe to me.
0: They, uh, they're on like a planet and they just blow the hell out of it.
2: Exactly. And, yeah. and so what happens is uh, this little fleet uh, of uh, kind of like you know, <laughs> the equivalent of the Vipers or the X-Wings uh, happen to take down one of their key ships so Kuhn gets really pissed off and he destroys the entire planet. So um there's a layover with Rick's, uh, Rick's flight in uh, Pluto and um. The alien lady uh, sees a sauroid during the layover, and she decides to try to kill him. And uh, Rick decides to jump in. And, of course, he's one of those guys, the minute he jumps in, the authorities show up, and they catch him with the gun. So he's the one who gets arrested and uh, taken off. And the weirdest thing, I don't know if you remember it, but, and I happen to remember because I had the toys. Uh, but you remember how they had this weird... Kind of like untucked look shirts in uh, Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Yeah, he's got kind of one of those things where it looks like an untucked shirt, but it's also kind of a suit jacket. It's just a really weird outfit, and and once again, it's like it it's so of its time. It looks like Dan has yeah. been have been watching the motion picture, and he kind of stole the design <laughs> for that from them. that.
0: That was that's weird. That's uh, that was just on TV today. <laughs> I was I was watching part of it. it so, right, I mean, it's those, weird that it came up.
2: Yeah, <laughs> but if you remember, those were like the most distinctive of all the, the, the Star uniforms. Trek. Yeah. I kind
0: of um, like them, though. I, I, don't I do, know, too. I don't know why were the I like them. had action figures of. Well, they looked better like that than just the plain yellow red. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I the
1: think. uniforms were provided by untuckit.com, <laughs> uniforms designed to be worn untucked.
2: I, I, I personally am a huge fan of the one with the kind of like where, you know, he has the peel off color where it like it can show the blood from his son dying, you know, on his shoulder. Those are those are the ones that are my favorite. Uh, you know, the ones talking about from like Khan and pretty much the rest of those movies.
0: Can we talk about that just for a second? I hate to sure tangent, shoot, but on, on motion picture. When did you see it? Like, wasn't it like 1979 or 1980 that that came out?
2: I think it was 79. Yeah.
0: Did you watch it at the theater when that happened?
2: No, no, I don't think I saw that till it hit like ABC or NBC, whatever. Uh, it was like movie of the week, so I would have been a little bit, you know. And back then, it was usually what, like two, three years after the, the run in the theater, yeah. it would hit TV. Yeah. Well, when yeah, I saw it, thought, it was though, after
0: yeah. Star Wars and Battlestar, so it, I was like hugely disappointed. Like I was bored to tears when oh. I saw when I saw the motion picture as a kid
2: well just... yeah because you're used was to the show too because there's a lot of fat you know kirk was always doing like <laughs> drop kicks and karate chops yeah and...
0: it's like fighting aliens and he has these yeah. sexy alien women and now you just yeah. have a bald woman in feature <laughs> yeah, and it's like what yeah, the yeah there
2: wasn't a lot of action in it you know and uh and uh mccoy looked freaking crazy with that beard and that disco suit
0: yeah you know yeah
2: I don't know. I have some, some fondness for it now, but yeah, as, as a I, I young to person, go, I hate. I it. To
0: go, I haven't watched it since. That's why I tuned into it like, for a little bit. Oh, gotcha. And I said, you know, I got to watch the whole thing and just revisit it. Because yeah. I felt much different with the other movies. Like I enjoyed them all. Like yeah. From Star Trek 2 all the way to whatever it ended up as, I I liked them all. I even like the God one. Like I, I oh I like, five, yeah. I, I love the wacky movies like Superman three and Star Trek five. Like there's Oh, they're so I much. love
2: Superman three. That's Superman one of my favorites.
0: Superman three is like is like Carrie Bates Superman. I just love it. It's like, yep. I I can't believe it exists. Like it's like <laughs> somebody that just loved Bronze Age comics and the wackiness of it and threw it together. But uh, yeah. I feel the same way about like. Star Trek five is one of my favorites because it it shows how close the three are. You know the Oh, no doubt. It shows yeah. how close they are, and then you have like this godlike being who's like a Vulcan or you think he's a Vulcan. And why does God need a starship? Like, right? <laughs> like I just love it. Oh
2: man. I, but uh anyway, Starship uh Starship is is uh, crashing about this time right outside of their uh, uh, the station that they're on, and the pilot is like some kind of giantess. I don't remember if you remember her or not if you've read Sun Devils Kirk, but let me just say she is smoking, and I mean that okay. literally so with a cigar. So it's gone
0: for a reread.
2: <laughs> And she's also literally smoking a cigar. So anyway, uh, Rick is released because obviously it was, you know, he wasn't really trying to kill the uh, Sororide agent. But he has been told that his home world has been destroyed. Uh, He hooks back up with the alien lady, Anomi Zitar. And uh, she's the lady with the little poof ball named Poof. And uh, she manages to convince Rick that they should go to Earth and join the Federation Navy, you know, like his brother wanted him to do in the the beginning. So the giant lady, Skyla, uh, is being transported. And when she sees the two of them, she breaks out of her handcuffs. And the three of them uh, steal a ship and they head for Centauri. And um, basically, they're on their ship. They're in warp. And, you know, I think it's in the original Star Wars where Han's like, if you don't program, you know, exactly, uh, you could crash and explode or something. Maybe it's in a different movie. Somebody says that. So, anyway, they drop out a hyperdrive or warp or whatever Sun Devils uses, and it appears that they've crashed into a giant ship. And that's your end of issue one to be continued in book two. So it's a it's a fun series uh it's like I said, I don't know when I was reading this in like fourth grade that i I would have noticed all, how derivative it was but i I don't care it was it was just a lot of fun and uh it's it's Dan Jurgens so it looks good uh it's Jerry Conway, so it's well written so it's it's one i I would say check it out, especially if you like space opera
0: well in in theory everything is derivative sure, at least that's my belief. Like, you might not have seen it, but I bet you could find somebody on the planet that could say, oh, yeah, that's like this. Right. So, like, any any original idea that you say, oh, that was cool. I, I think that was different. Well, I bet you there's somebody on the planet that could say, you know what? I read this novel or I saw this show and it had the exact same thing. Right. So, like, a, I, I don't like that term cliched, like, to me, because everything is. I just <laughs> Sure. You just have to find the right person to tell you what why it's a cliche.
2: Well, I I definitely think that it is of the <laughs> that that era when the the space opera was king, and um. But but, but like it's I say, very, I really enjoy space it.
0: operas are very similar. Yeah. You have a good, you have a bad. The thing I like about Star Wars is there's sort of an ambiguity about the Empire. Like, what, right. why are they bad like are they just like guys that are collecting taxes from all these planets <laughs> and it's like is it like an organized government and the rebellion's like screw this <laughs> we don't like right. this but it, it, it's sort of ambiguous until you get into some of the other stuff that the the empire does you know they 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 kill people <laughs> they, planets entire planets but yeah. yeah I I love all this stuff yeah. Sun Devils is, I, I don't, I'm not too experienced with Sun Devils. I, I don't think I own any of it.
2: Oh, right. Well, there's there's 12 issues. Um, usually I want to say they can be found on the cheap. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think it'd be right up your alley.
1: I don't remember uh, much uh, about it. I was like, Joe, I got mine out of order. I think it was a, a direct sales. It was, yeah, title, Baxter.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I would get it, you know, oh, here's one. And I'd read <clears> it, so I probably read everything in a completely out of order random way but i still enjoyed it and the artwork like like joe said is great it's dan jurgens and he had already definitely it's not raw rookie stuff he looks good even in this early stage of his career so yeah i'd i'd give it a thumbs up and i'd love to have a, a collected edition and actually read it in order or Maybe when Mike retires, he can help me find all 12 issues in the box.
0: <laughs> and
1: I can sit down and read them all in order the way God intended.
2: Well, uh, well Kirk, <gasps> Kirk, I would say you could have mine when I if I pass before you do. But when I was doing my will the other day, I made sure that the kids got the Marvel and DC books. Maybe I can go back and make an exception <laughs> and say that, uh, that the Sun Devils goes to Kirk. <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll pass them back to them after I read them. There you that go. way, I don't have to hunt down my copies.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine how you have your stuff organized. <laughs> I just can't. Well, now, think- it,
1: it used to be organized, and there are still boxes that are in
0: order on the bottom. But
1: that you know, for the first. I guess twenty-one years but, of my but life. But the thing is,
0: you have everything so was mu- in order. You have so much, and I don't know if you know what you have. Another, that's why you have like seven copies of Steel Number Five.
2: Yeah, you need to get <laughs> you need to get one of those apps like uh like I got to or database however. It. Yeah, some way. I know you database yours, right, Mike?
0: I you database know. everything. Yeah, and I've Although got an app, one, so you need uh, there, something. There, there, there is one closet that I don't know. I, I know the time frame that it's in, but I don't know what's in it because at that time I wasn't all out crazy like all of DC all of Marvel, all of this, all of that. I don't right. I don't know what what's in that. I, I know there's a lot of image and I know there's a lot of I have to do it to make sure I have a full run across gen. I think I do. I know I was hardcore cross-gen up until, like, the very end when they started to get the licensed properties like uh, He-Man and...
2: Dragon Slayer? Uh,
0: Dragon Yeah, I don't have that stuff. But up until almost they Like, Negation War... Right, right around the time Negation War started is when I stopped getting stuff.
2: Well, Negation War was, what, two issues?
0: And it never finished.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that and, that, that, and that's that, when they uh, were coming with that Mike Plug thing with Jam De Mateus. What was that called? It was Ab- weird. Abadazad Ab- or something. Yeah, Abadazad.
1: Abadazad. Abadazad.
0: Yeah. So, that, man, so you the guys best know. Series. I love talking to you guys because you guys know what I'm talking about.
1: Man, like, that
2: uh, Route 666 uh, from oh, right when they good. were. That was one of my favorites.
0: I was, yeah. That was good. I liked the Route 666.
2: Talk about sad when you read that final issue and you realize that there's not going to be a continuation.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: that was a bummer.
1: Doesn't Marvel own the cross-gen properties now? Yeah, they—they're they, they not going to do anything with it.
0: They almost acquire stuff to take out the competition. Like I, that's oh. the way I look at it. Like Malibu. Well, I know the Malibu stuff has some weird ownership. Like, if you if you if you dig deep enough, there's articles that. Like, if they put out hardcore, then they have to pay so-and-so a certain percentage. Like, they have – the original creators have some kind of ownership. And I don't know what the percentage is, but that's probably why yeah, they don't want to do it. Whatever it is, they're I not feel like, really though,
2: if, if you read the Marvel-published issues of Ultraverse, there is a huge quality decline between that and the stuff that was published by Malibu. Oh, yeah, because like, like some of the prime stuff that Marvel did was horrible. And Prime and Mantra were great books, but the Marvel Spider issues are prime. not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, well they didn't, that's true. When it went to Marvel, they didn't, it wasn't the owners doing it, going, Hey, I want this to be the best book, I want it to be a success, I'm gonna make some good money on this. It was another work for hire creator going, Okay, yeah, I'll do this. And then next month I'll draw a fill in on the Incredible Hulk, you know, well, so they're it, not going to, they're not going to have that same stake in it.
2: I, I, not to turn this into a wrestling podcast, but it, to me, it reminds me of when Vince McMahon bought out the competition and then as soon as he had him up there, he buried him. That's what it right. comes across to me is like, OK, I've got, you know, these characters now look how crappy they are next to the real Iron Man and the real Thor. And, the right. you know, and that's what it felt like when you read that's, those. That's the,
0: that's the difference between a Marvel acquisition and a DC acquisition. DC I know always they, tries they to pump use, them up. They always try to use their stuff. Yep,
2: Like Captain Marvel and, and Blue Tarleton Beetle and, and Captain Atom. You know they—they yeah.
0: they really the wanted to push these characters. They, yep. they still come out. You still have. Yeah, I mean look, that's
1: stuff. how you got Watchmen. They were going to use them and kill them, and they said, "No, wait, let's not kill them. Right. Let's use them in regular things." Alan Moore, you create your own crap. We're not going to kill these guys.
0: The—the—the the, the thing that I've loved about Watchmen, and I don't know if you guys feel this, but I'm going to—I'm going to throw it out there, is that everybody that's done work on it. In my opinion, has treated Alan Moore's stuff with respect, whether it be the Watchmen movie or whether it be the the Watchmen TV show or right. Before Watchmen or Doomsday Clock. It, it's just they they get it. Yes, they right. they they make changes and stuff, but they understand like the hardcore concepts that Alan Moore was trying to push, and it it's just. I find it fascinating. Like I would have never thought that Lindelof would have understood Watchmen. I, I I would have never in my wildest dreams thought that. And what he did was amazing with, with the HBO series. So yeah, I need to
2: finish it. I'm about halfway through.
0: I've seen none of it. I live in a cave. It's good. (laughs) Get HBO max kid.
1: My cave does not have a reception.
0: You would would like the Looney Tunes. Well, your phone does. (laughs) You can't tell me you can't HBO Max on your phone. I'm sitting on top of the (laughs) cave as we speak. (laughs) So, uh, do you want to go next or do you want me to? I can go. Go for it.
1: I tried to pick something that we hadn't covered. So, I chose hot wheels from dc comics
0: oh man
1: i went with number six cover date of january february 1971 it's got a really cool cover mostly black image with santa claus in a hot rod about to run down one of the hot wheels team members trying to help an injured girl and uh i believe it's a neil adams it's a really nice looking cover and as it turns out, as my dad would be happy this was the last issue, and I bought it. Didn't buy it new, but I did buy it when I found it. So you open it up, and the first thing you see on the inside cover is a Snoopy Strikes Again model kit ad, which I thought was really cool. This must have been around the era of the Snoopy versus the Red Baron and whatnot. And it's Monogram by Mattel, which I didn't remember Monogram Models being a Mattel company.
0: I really like this cover. <laughs>
1: have you looked it up
0: yeah the santa claus <laughs>
1: man these are some tough it's only six issues and they are tough to find
0: i i, I bet i mean it, they're not cheap
1: and too. it doesn't help yeah cuz it's alex toth and neil adams doing a lot of the work in them. yeah so that, a, that that that's a neil the back adams
0: on prices. neil adams on the on the 6
1: so we've got hot wheels in the humbug run by dick giordano Lynn Ween and Neil Adams. And forgive me if I've mispronounced those because I usually do it wrong. Our story opens with Jack Wheeler and Kip Clark of the team competing in the Polar Bear Gymkhana. I've never heard of that before. The team is winning until a dog wanders out on Gym the Kata?
0: course. Jim Cotta? I've heard of that movie. I know Jim Cotta.
1: going to say, I had two. Yeah. This is Jim Okay, Jim oh, yeah, I remember the Jim of VHS for rent in the <laughs> video stores of my youth.
0: That was a gymnast doing, like, martial arts, right?
1: Yeah, he, he could, like, Gymkata. you know, get up on the bars and leap over and take your head off or something. <laughs> so, so a dog wanders onto the track, and Jack, the driver, manages to avoid the dog, but he wrecks his car. And that means the team won't be home by Christmas, so they decide to take advantage of this bad situation and go skiing. So while skiing the next day, the team notices a young boy in danger of being buried by an oncoming avalanche of snow and ice. Our hero, Jack Wheeler, manages to save the boy, and they're surprised to find out that the boy is not grateful for his being saved and walks off alone. The team returns to the ski lodge and they're working on getting their car towed when this kid shows back up again. He comes running out, claiming that people are trying to kill him. The team does not believe him until some shots ring out. And this is... you I really recommend this comic just for this alone, where you have men dressed as Christmas elves chasing down this boy, firing at him, carrying, <laughs> carrying firearms dressed as Christmas elves, as only Neil Adams and his realistic <laughs> style could do it. So the gunmen dressed as elves come after the boy. Team Hot Wheels takes the boy and they drive away. The elves give chase. Driving through the snow and avoiding obstacles, Team Hot Wheels manages to, to lose the armed elves when the elves crash into some ice. Back at the lodge, Team Hot Wheels discovers that the boy is actually a prince. He had hidden with a group of orphans when he realized his life was in danger. And as he tells his tale, an armed Santa Claus comes out with his elves or more elves to finish the job. They had begun. They've got everybody dead to rights when all of a sudden a Jack in the box goes off startling Santa, which gives Jack Wheeler and team Hot Wheels the opportunity they need. They jump at the armed opponents and defeat them. The Prince is saved. Hallelujah. The the gang is upset. Their new friend is going to return home now that the danger is over. And they're going to be away from home for Christmas, and they won't be with their new friend. And that's when most of the rest of the team arrives so that they can all be together. What more can we add, it says at the end? Seasons greetings to all men everywhere. And above all, peace.
0: By then the we have a...
1: That's, that's a nice, nice little... It reminded me of the make war no more sentiment of the era, where everybody wanted, wanted peace. What what a what a goal to aspire to! We had a mighty midget one page feature on the MG car, and it's credited to J.K., which, looking at the art, I don't think it's Jack Kirby; I think it's Jack Keller. And then we had a nice little backup story entitled "Super Chick," and Kip Clark, <laughs> Kip Clark, and Mickey Barnes are preparing for a motorcycle race: the five hundred cc sidecar screamer is entered in a 100-mile race. The person in the sidecar has to be down on their knees, and they will lean forward and help balance out the motorcycle as it races through the obstacle course. Janet of Team Hot Wheels has given Artif a makeover to try and impress Mickey. Mickey is kind of a clueless jerk and does not even notice. Kip is kidnapped, and Mickey needs someone in the sidecar quickly, so Artif, instead of going to look for Kip, takes his place in the race. Kip escapes, but not in time to get in the race. And Artis gets off to a rough start by scraping her elbow on the ground as they're on the course. She quickly gets to the the hang of things and helps Mickey overcome the cheating of the people who had been responsible for Kip being kidnapped. They get tax thrown on the road. They get oil sprayed in their faces. But somehow they manage to fight through until the cycle breaks down. And Artis has to help make a quick repair. He needs a cotter pin, and she provides a bobby pin. It works, and they fight their way back up to second place. The team that's in first place, the guy in the sidecar, is not very bright and looks back at them and is amused by Ardeth making funny faces at him. And so he stands up laughing at the girl and manages to lose enough momentum where Team Hot Wheels wins it all. And in the back, there is a two-page house ad promoting the superman 1971 line which is pretty cool where it's i believe this must have been the kryptonite no more era with uh the neil adams iconic cover of superman breaking the the kryptonite chains Mm -hmm. and it introduces rose and thorn and some other cool features and it's it's i never saw the cartoon i did play with a lot of hot wheels this is based on the cartoon based on the toy line but the talent involved in this series is amazing and i'd i'd certainly recommend anybody going out and trying to find the six issues and completing their run
0: yeah i'd like to get these they they are you don't see these you'd have to pay for them
1: yeah honestly i see them less now that they're worth more than i did when they were half the price cuz i think i paid like around $25 for most of my copies and most yeah. of them now are at least 50 When I, whenever I do actually see them.
0: Well, those are the first two, I think, are in the hundreds, too. So, And they might have gone up quite a bit, because they're just not around. Well, I looked
1: it up on My Comic Shop recently out of curiosity, and I think they had two of the six issues in stock.
0: What, what was the condition?
1: Uh, well, one of them was a... Like a 9.8 CGC graded oh,
0: yeah. crazy
1: price. I forget and that then, one. <laughs> yeah. And then I think one of them was like good, very good for $30 maybe, something like They've that. They've
2: got a good number one for 49 uh CGC uh, 9.8 of number four for $1,000. And a, what does PGX
1: mean? Oh, it's a oh, that's,
0: that's a, no, a PGX. PGX is it. Like, it's another it's like, slab. Like
1: CGC. Oh, okay. They
0: well, they are six... they're, they're not as strict though. Like if you okay. if you see a PGX nine eight, it's not a CGC nine eight.
2: Well, this one's an eight, and it's one hundred seventy eight dollars, or you can just get a VG of it for forty five, and that's you know you
0: six. know. I only do that. I only get graded copies if I can't find it elsewhere, and then sure. I I crack it open. <laughs> well, I would. Too, I, how are you going? I, I I give it to my wife and I said, "Rip this sucker open." <laughs> and then I take the little rating of what it is and I put it in the back of the backing board. That's that's how I store my CGC. I just oh, can't he... I can't stand them in those prisons, man. I I just uh the fact that they're sealed just hurts me.
2: I'm sure you're like I am. I I I I. I, I I will do no damage to a book. So like if it comes to my in into my hands as a 3.0, it's going to stay at 3.0. If it comes in yeah. at a 9.8, it's going to stay a 9.8. Yeah. So, in the same way.
0: Well, that's yeah. that's good. It's so well, weird that you the- did Sun Devils though because that is about the time that I discovered comic stores is around okay. 8283. I just I remember seeing the ad And Sun Devils was there, and I had to make a decision because I didn't have that much money. And the way we did it is my brother said, oh, I'll tackle Arion, Lord of Atlantis, because that was launched around the same time. And I was like, you know what I'll do? I'll do Camelot 3000, and I'll do uh, Blackhawk, because Blackhawk was relaunched in the same year. And those were the two that I chose, and he chose, I remember, Arion, Lord of Atlantis. And they were all launched around the time Sun Devils came out, except Sun Devils and Camelot 3000. They were direct, and I'm not sure Arianne and Blackhawk. I think they were, they were just everywhere. But if you find that ad, you'll see that they're in the same ad.
2: Man, these Sun Devils have gone up since the olden days. Number three in near mint condition is thirteen dollars. Why? I, I, I have no idea. Is Number there a key four for bucks. No, because this is a self-contained universe. You know what I mean? It doesn't really tie into the DC universe at all. It it
0: does, sort of. There was the chalkboard, and the chalkboard had Sun Devils on it.
2: Oh, okay. Well, there you go. The chalkboard.
0: Yeah, if you watched... uh, 52, if, right? Yeah, it was either 52 or Countdown. I can't remember which one.
2: Yeah, it, it was it was Rick uh, uh Rip Hunter's, right?
0: Rip Hunter, yep. He had a yep. chalkboard and he had all kinds of things on there.
2: Yeah, okay. I forgot about that. But yeah, man, get them now. For some reason, they're going up in price. I don't know why.
0: Yep. I had I, got,
1: I would have guessed they would have been three dollars maximum in, in near mint condition.
2: That's what I would have guessed too. You can get the bulk of them at, for two bucks fine, but you pay, you're you paying for the near mints now for some reason. Huh. Anyway, interesting.
0: So uh, what I chose is uh, Jonah Hex, because I have this honking hardcover in front of me. <laughs> and uh, I was very disappointed to find out I didn't have these issues, because I have All-Star Western 10 and 11, and I have almost all of Weird Western, but I don't have like 12 through... I don't know, 17 or something like that. And uh, not all of them were Jonah Hex issues. Some were El Diablo. The one thing I don't like about this collection is you don't get the entire story. Like, you won't get the El Diablo story or whatever. You'll just get the Jonah Hex. And the other thing that bothers me is if Jonah Hex isn't featured on the cover, you do not get the cover and i that bugs me in collected editions i want the cover
1: yeah i do too it, it, that's it
0: drives, what i hate it with me uh, the crazy image,
2: yeah a lot of the image trades do that too like walking dead if you get into a trade does not have the covers in there unless you get like the hard covers
0: yeah i, I want the cover somewhere and i, I don't right. care where like if it's in the back and they have all the covers that's good this one has all the covers except for the ones that are not jonah Hex. And uh, it drives me insane because you might if Jonah Hex isn't featured on the cover, you don't get it on the on the slip jacket. You don't get the issue.
2: So basically they're doing what they did with the showcases just sounds like just fancier.
0: Yeah. But I'm, I'm so glad that this thing exists. Um, I read 12 through 14 and it, it's the first time I ever knew that Jonah Hex had a, a wolf for a while um Iron Jaw and the first story tells you how he got Iron Jaw he basically goes into this town and he wants a steak dinner that's all he wants he wants to go to the bar and have a steak dinner and immediately these two guys come in and they're willing to shoot him and he has the guns underneath a table and he just blasts them and then there's some guy at, like the mayor in the town and he's like we can't have this savage in this town Let's go kill him. Let's hang him. And uh, he escapes before they can hang him. And they said, well, good, he's out of the town. We don't have to deal with him. Well, I guess Hex feels like he's pretty stinky, you know he's he's worked up a sweat. He decides to get naked and get into a pond and
1: and well, bathe himself.
0: Not? Yeah, he's <laughs> the West is wild, man. You could get stinky. And uh, he's there bathing himself, and there's a little squaw uh, Native American there. And she grabs his gun and pulls the gun on him, and she throws him his pants, and she says, you will dress quickly, for I am Little Fawn, make you my prisoner. And he's like, what are you talking about? He says, I'm just going to come and grab that gun from you. And then the iron jaw comes, and that's her wolf, and he's like, Iron and he's really loyal. He's What's gonna, he name? Like, yeah, Ironjaw's my hero. <laughs> but but anyway, she's on on Hex's horse, and Hex is like, "Are you stupid? You're taking us on one of those bridges. You know those bridges, like you can that are rope, and then they're they have like logs underneath. Like you go if you go to Disneyland or Knott's Berry Farm or any of that, you can like get on these weird bridges and then jump on them, and they like pounce and it's kind of right. like uh, Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom when they had. I was thinking exactly <laughs> that. Yeah. They had one of those bridges, and Hex is like, "Are you crazy? This ain't gonna, this ain't gonna hold." He calls her a little exclamation point exclamation point star star question mark question mark.
2: Oh, she—he's cursing like that Astro Boy issue. He, <laughs> he, yeah, That's he's, the way he, I
1: like my cursing in my comics, I don't need <laughs> to read the actual word. I want it like that.
0: <laughs> he's he, he's cursing because. He knows the horse can't stand the weight on this bridge and they both fall in. Well, he ends up saving the girl and then taking her to her tribe. And then they kind of nurse him back to health. And uh, they realize that he had saved her life. And he goes, the the leader of the, the uh, Native American says, hey, let's go look out there. The white people are killing my people. And he says, well, how are they killing them? They're Pawnee warriors that die because um, they sold us blankets and the, the blankets had smallpox hmm. and they're killing all of our, our tribe with disease. And Jonah Hex, what is this nonsense, the smallpox? And he goes, yeah, don't touch anything. And, the, and then Jonah Hex says, you know what? I got my vaccine. I'll be OK. <laughs> I got my uh, cowpox vaccination. I'll be all right. And then there's these guys from the town that gave were hassling him earlier, and they're going to slaughter the slaughter the Indians because they shot one of the white men with an arrow. And uh, Jonah Hex defends them. He kills them all, and then he uh, goes back to town and finds the entire uh, Native American tribe has been died. They all died, including the little girl. And he's like, oh, man, when he saw that little girl dead and the dog is the only one alive, he's like, he takes Iron Jaw. And he says, you white man will pay. By God, he'll pay. (laughs) And he goes into town, and uh, the little girl's barely alive. So she's one of the only survivors, and he goes into town, finds a doctor, and the doctor gives him, like, he says, this isn't a cure, but you can sort of, it'll sort of help you out. He takes the cure, tries to give it to the girl, but by the time he gets there, she's dead. So, hmm. so he goes go back into town to get revenge, and he finds out that that mayor has smallpox. And he's so mad, he, he throws that mayor the the thing that the doctor gave him that will get rid of some of the pain. And uh, as soon as the, that guy grabs the bottle of the the cure... He shoots it right out of his hands. And he says, let's go. We finished our business in this town, Iron Jaw. And then the next one deals with Jonah Hex getting shot at in the middle of nowhere. And it's by one of his uh, teachers. Like, he doesn't know he's there. But this guy, this old, old man taught Jonah Hex how to shoot back in the day. And he's like, Jonah, I didn't recognize you. He says, yeah, these people, these people are trying to take my farm away. And uh, I think my son is working with them. Well, it turns out to be an adventure where the son betrays the father, kills the father, and then Jonah Hex has to go and kill the son to get revenge. So it's one of those revenge stories. It was pretty good. And again, Iron Jaw is, is still a badass because he was able to throw the other guy off off so he iron jaw is very helpful and then my my last uh story which is heartbreaking is iron jaw get uh, jonah is going to get bit by a rattlesnake iron jaw saves him but gets bit by the rattlesnake in saving him so uh he goes in town to the medical doctor and he says hey you got to save my dog and he goes well i want to save a human before i save a dog and uh, he says nope you got to save iron jaw first and he goes, but I have this human patient. And Hex gets that patient, and he throws him out the window, and he says, nice. nope, you got my patient. The other patient's gone. <laughs> he fell out of a two-story building. He just dropped it out.
1: <laughs> that guy didn't make it. Time to
0: treat the wolf. <laughs> yeah, treat the wolf. And meanwhile, there's these two bounty hunters, sort of, they see Jonah Hex there. One of the guys' name is Butch, or they call him Butcher. And... uh He's wearing a, a cavalry outfit, like a Union outfit. And you know, Hex is a Confederate outfit. They, they actually clunk him over the head as soon as he leaves the doctor. And they decide they're going to, instead of shooting him dead, they're going to leave him out in the middle of the desert, tied to the ground, with both legs spread apart, both arms spread apart, and just let him bake in the sun, in the heat, 100-degree mm. weather. They're gonna let you're just gonna die out here, and we're not gonna give you any water. Guess what? I think
1: I remember the cover to that one. Is he is he staked to the ground? Yeah, he
0: he, He's staked to the ground, and guess what? Ironjaw comes from the town. He crawls because he can't walk. He's still not cured. He crawls to Hex. He bites off the rope, saves Jonah Hex, and then he dies. And it's like heartbreaking, and he's like, "What in the damnation he's dead <laughs> and then Timberwolf and, never did that for snake eyes. Man. <laughs> he buried him, went back into town, found those two dudes, killed one of them, and then he got the other guy that was strapped his idea to strap him to the desert, and uh he was getting attacked by a cougar. And it was a rabid cougar that had rabies. And uh, as he killed his partner, he left him out there. And he goes, you know that cougar had rabies. I'm going (laughs) to just leave you out here and you're going to die of rabies. (laughs) Giddy up, boy. I'm going to go into town and have a nice juicy steak. (laughs) And that's how, how that weird Western tale ended. But man, Iron Jaw was badass. He saved Jonah three times. Man, yeah, I thought, I was, we gonna, I thought I he was going to pull the old
2: Yeller and come back from the dead and fight off the rabid uh, uh, uh,
0: uh, cougar too. I wished he did because he was he, <laughs> that dog was loyal to that little squaw. Oh man, she she had that dog. That dog loved her so much, and when when she died, he it was like Joe, somebody had to take him, and Jonah took him, and he was riding him every time he was riding a horse. That dog was right next to him.
2: Yep. That's that's a good philosophy to have, ad, ad, adopt a dog. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, it saved his life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three Never times. know. In, in DC mythology,
1: we might find out that Iron Jaw was like the grandfather of Pooch and Rex the Wonder Dog.
2: One can hope.
0: <laughs> I actually think there's a comic from Atlas called Iron Jaw. There, there is. is. Yeah. And, he's like and, a Conan kind of guy. Yeah, and then in the AC comics, there's an Iron Jaw that's a villain to the Fem Force. So. <laughs> is he like a he's like a Golden or Age character. Yeah, he is a Golden Age because uh, a lot of the AC comic characters were Golden Age and became public domain. Right, right. Yeah.
1: And I had forgotten all about Iron Jaw, and now I can picture that comic with... Cover and irons all crawling out to the desert to save him yeah uh, it!
0: that that is one of the most iconic hex covers I think it is a really iconic one
1: well Jonah Hex is my second favorite character behind Sergeant Rock, and I love stories like that where he's like, "Hey, you know you got rabies now, I'm gonna leave you here to die and go eat a steak." <laughs>
0: Well, I like how the I like how they betray the the dogs in comics because even even Pooch, man, Pooch saved those do, Gunner and Sarge's life a bunch of times, man. Yeah, no <laughs> he no. did? And I, I was like, these dogs are as much of a heroes like Rex the Wonder Dog and Pooch and I, Iron Jaw. They're, they they save these guys' lives lots of times. So I like it because I'm a dog guy like that's I love them.
1: Yeah, cats and dogs are just
0: I'd feel different about cats if I wasn't like hyper allergic to whatever they're having their dander.
2: Yeah, they, they, they it'll get you. I, I, we're on a uh, we're on a terror right now. We got a, a, a new dog and a new cat, even though the dog actually he's new to us, but he isn't so new in life. Uh, yeah yeah he's a he's a sweetheart
1: he's a cutie pie yeah
2: you know, he's a you know the last one we had was a chihuahua dots and mix uh that looked a little half and half this one looks a little heavy on the dots inside
0: <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you guys got anything else
2: that's it for me i only had time for the one today sorry sir okay how about well, you, I had Kurt?
1: one more, but I know Joe wanted to try to keep this episode short, so I can save it for the next time so I, that he we can, can rest, rest up.
2: We can do another one if you're if you're ready.
0: Yeah, yeah we had okay. we had some questions. You want to do those?
1: Yeah, let's do the questions. Um,
0: one of them you'll have to remind me. It was from uh, Jason in Hawaii. Uh, no, who was this one from?
1: We had. I know I know of two questions and let me see if I can find them again. Is Jason Jason said something fan,
0: like if you had a natural disaster and you have to a save, natural
1: disaster yeah. and your family is safe, but you need some money, what comics slash comics would you sell in your collection?
2: So he wants to know uh what we have this most valuable or what we bo- most be willing to part with.
1: I guess, I guess that's you, how you want to look like, at it. You know, disaster has hit and you got to raise some money. What what are you going to do as far as your collection goes?
2: Ugh. I'd probably sell the trades first even though selling the essentials would hurt my my soul, but I think these days money-wise I probably got more trades that are valuable cuz those out of print trades tend to be tend to be pricey.
0: Yeah, I would do the same. I have a lot of first print omnibuses and all that stuff. I think I could find in some form. Do you know what I mean? I can replace yeah. them with some trade paperback or something. Yeah. I'll read them digitally.
2: That's what I was going to say. A lot of that yeah. stuff is digital on the services. So. Yeah.
0: So I would do the same. I would sell all my hardcovers and trades.
2: Kirk would sell a kidney. I don't think he's selling. Any
1: <laughs> I would. I would go with my duplicates. I mean, I've already got a bunch sorted out. I would try to start with those, and then try to sort out some more. Yeah, but I that ain't going to
0: gonna make you any money. You're going to say, "Well, I have seven copies of Steel Number Five. Who wants one? <laughs> yeah. Hey, it I might just, be the I next just, just, on number just, three. I could put uh, a down payment <laughs> down on a brand new house because my house was destroyed in the disaster. <laughs> Still uh, number five.
1: <laughs> I would probably start with I would start with the duplicates, and then if I still needed to raise more, I'd probably work through maybe some of the CGCs because I've got some that Barb didn't get to yet. And
0: would you, then... would you would you part with any of your toys?
2: Oh, that was the first stuff that I parted toys, to- with. So toys I, before I
0: the comics. Yeah.
1: Would I part with my toys? Yes. Most of my toys got stolen, so that's not even really an option. No, but you, option. Have, you
0: have you have like those Sergeant Rock dolls and
1: oh well, no, I would keep those. the The DC War stuff would be the last thing to go, with ah. the exception with the exception of depending on the pricing. I know that some, like Joe said, some of these out of print trades are expensive. Like I've got the Sergeant Rock. Black and white showcases, and those I've are got, hard to come by. I've got the singles, so I might sell the trades just to raise some good cash. But uh, as a, I, as a Sergeant I, Rock completist, I'd, I'd 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 have to be in a desperate situation to do that.
0: I think what I would do is toys, trades, and then comics, in that order, <clears throat> because the toys. I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm I, I love them. Like it would be hard to get rid of my big Jim's pack. Oh my god. But I I think I would do it before. But I yeah, would, I would still, probably... I would, still, I would sell if, that if I still had my toys,
1: last. I would probably sell some of the toys first.
0: They yeah. almost have a full DC Direct action figure line. I think those would be the first to go.
1: A lot of my toys got Some of my G.I. Joes got stolen by my cousins, little bastards, and uh <laughs> My mother even knew they stole them, but she didn't want to upset my aunt, so she said, well, let them, let them take them. I was like, well, well thanks, Mom.
2: <laughs> Kirk, but you I, still got any trading cards that are worth anything?
1: I don't think mine are worth anything. I mean, most of mine were, like, I had a, a crap ton of Sammy Sosa rookie sure. cards, and I think, think they all went in the crapper. And what do things you mean like by rock-
0: that? Like, they're gone? Or destroyed
1: well at one point the card was the last time i remember a value on it it was like 60 dollars, and i had 30 of them oh i sold a i sold a few of them but i kept the rest going because i was already a cubs fan and i was like i'm gonna be doing trading cards all my life this is gonna be a hall of famer this is gonna be the next mickey mantle and i still have 20 of these suckers and then they all got caught doing steroids and everything, and nobody will let them in the Hall of Fame, and the values have just plummeted.
0: Well, no, I but think... they, I hear they're increasing because of COVID. Like I, I'm hearing that baseball and basketball cards are making a comeback.
2: People are nostalgic. You well, know, they don't, they, know don't
0: they don't have their sports on, so they're they're grabbing these cards again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, anything like like uh, important ball players and anything seventies and earlier still has some value. A lot of the eighties and nineties stuff was overproduced. But if you got anything, you know, some of them uh, Dale Murphys from nineteen seventy eight, you might be a uh, time to sell those now.
1: Well, I had one at one point. I had a dear, <laughs> a dear friend who uh, ran a sports card slash comic shop, and he hooked me up with a lot of the rookies of people who had started prior to the 80s but most of my cards were probably mid 80s or later
2: yeah and, and and those sadly just aren't worth as much in yeah. general yeah
1: yeah you know I, I had barry bonds and and what what were huge names at the time right at, of, of at years later in front of con- congress they kind of ruined their values
2: unless you got that uh 80s Fleer basketball set now that's still a pretty penny
1: I was not huge into basketball. The only time I really bought basketball was when Shaq came out. And I, for whatever reason, I went nuts over Shaq. And I bought a bunch of stuff trying to get his rookie cards. And there was a a set, a company called Classic that they had a a signed rookie card in. And I bought a ton of that stuff trying to get that signed (laughs) card.
0: You you bought the
1: box. Never did, guys. Get it.
2: I tell you, I was a nut for Shaq Fu. I must have played that game every day after college for about a year.
1: (laughs) I don't know what, I mean, I just really, and I didn't even really follow basketball. I had friends who did, and I would watch the games with them, but basketball, if if I was at home alone, I didn't watch it. Yeah. But uh, baseball and football I did, but not basketball. But Shaq just, I was like, man, that dude is the coolest. (laughs) I had the CDs. I mean, I had everything Shaq. Shaq Fu ain't nothing to prove. I only, <laughs> right.
0: I, I, I only had cards from the seventies. That's the only time I was in it. Yeah, I had and a bunch the, of football they're, cards they're, from the seventies. yeah, most of mine are football, yeah, football and I've baseball, got. and they were uh, they're kind of trashed because back in the day they were called trading cards for a reason.
1: Yep, yeah, you stick them in your pocket and go trade with your friends.
0: Yep, and it was kind of like, well, I want to get. Roger Staubach, because I'm a Cowboy fan, or something like that. Instead, no. of, I was the Pittsburgh Steeler fan at the time. Me I, too. I tended to hate at. I was like, I'll give you a, I'll give you a Roger Staubach for a Terry Bradshaw, <laughs> <laughs> because I wanted to collect the Steelers. I, I grew up hating the teams that I could watch because in Albuquerque it was the Broncos and the Cowboys, and that was it. So I Mike, decided do you remember I was going to cola had
2: teams. the little caps with the football players profiles on them. No, I don't. Yeah. I had like the, all the Steelers, I had the mean Joe green one. I, Lord, they're long gone by now, but yeah, uh, I yeah was, the
0: mean Joe green and Lynn Swan. And yeah, I
2: love those guys.
0: Uh, yeah, I was, I was a big Steeler fan back, back when I was little, just cause I had to pick a team. You do, you had to have a team. And, uh, Everybody where I was from was a cowboy fan. Like that was Tony Dorsett, Roger Staubach, you know, big that at that time. Yep.
2: Hey, I can get a set of them on eBay for just $36. Okay. Hold on a second, guys. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Add to cart.
0: (laughs) All right. So uh, the next question, let me see what it was. I'm trying to find it still. That came in like last minute.
1: I, I think What's I've got Aaron. It, if you need it. Aaron yeah. at at Aaron, Aaron Bell. S Bell. Yeah.
0: What's a non
1: superhero book that you would bring back, and why is it Chase?
0: <laughs> Chase was a superhero book, though. I mean, she wasn't, but she had powers at the end. I thought.
1: Well, she operated in the like the Batman universe and whatnot. She was in the
0: so. the DEO and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: So I. I mean, I enjoyed it, but she wouldn't even be in my top five if I was going to revive some titles. We'd we'd I know, be getting... it for
0: you it would be Sergeant Rock.
1: That's right. It would be a, a Sergeant Rock lead feature and then rotating backup feature with the Losers and Haunted Tank, Unknown and, Soldier.
0: And not a new Sergeant Rock. It would be like the World War II Sergeant Rock.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. We're not going to go into Afghanistan. We're not going to have his grandson. It's going to yeah. be World War II Sergeant Rock. He doesn't have PTSD. He's, he's a soldier out there. Nothing's ever easy and easy. We're not going to complicate things. We're going to go kill some Nazis and win the war.
0: I guess my top one would be Jonah Hex. because That's as, mine, as, too. As, as much as I love Sergeant Rock, they're, they're, I just adore Jonah Hex. And then you could throw in all the Western characters in there, just like you. Could. Yeah, I would
1: do. I would revive him the same way. It was Jonah Hex, lead feature, and then a rotating backup of El Diablo, Scalp Hunter, Batlash. You know, let's bring everybody in. Cinnamon. Well, yes.
2: And the, and the thing Black of Delilah,
0: it is, or what's her name, Delilah Black, or what's her name, Tallulah. Tallulah, Tallulah Black. Yeah, I loved her. Yeah. Oh gosh, she's great.
2: Yeah, I mean, if I had to do like a, I don't know if I could. You, you've taken my number one, Mike, so I'll give you my two, three. Uh, I my two would be Blackhawk. Uh, I was a, I was a big fan of the Aviator stuff because I I love like Airboy. That's still one of my favorite '80s comics. But the that Evan Evanier stuff uh, from the '80s, I love the Blackhawks.
0: Hey, and then I, my... since you love the Blackhawks, I, I was recently. Uh talking about Blackhawks, and I never pronounced this guy's name, but there's a guy that was second in command to Blackhawk, and okay. he was like Statenstaus, or what was his name?
1: Stanislaus. How did
0: Stanislaus. you pronounce? I couldn't pronounce that.
1: Yes, yeah, Stanislaus. How, how do you say
0: it? Stanislaus? Yep. <clears throat> He's such an interesting character.
1: Now, <laughs> I'm, I may have been saying it wrong all these years. But <laughs> That's I always, how I oh. said it. That's how I
0: said it. Well, I was recording a podcast, and I was like, I cannot pronounce this name. And and the other thing I
2: would love if they had, like, one of those horror anthologies where they do kind of like they did with Elvira, and they just bring all the old hosts in where they have the three witches and Cain and Abel and just, uh, you know, just have all of them, and they sit down and maybe swap stories over an issue, and that way you could have an anthology, but also bring in all those characters again. uh, Yeah. I miss all those. The, all I miss all that genre stuff.
0: And, yeah, I would. And... I would like a House of Secrets, House of Mystery, or something. Yeah. In that vein, in the way they told it, like three stories per book, like. Yes. Give me something like that. Ghosts. Throw me a bone. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: <laughs> yeah, and and, and and the thing is, I think there's a the uh, there's a market for these kind of stories. I just think almost all those stories are being told at independent publishers is the problem is the your war, your horror, your Western, it's just not getting done by the big two. It's getting done by your, your images and your booms. And
0: now see did, after this is, uh, the Joe Hill stuff. And that that's was, true. That was some solid horror in my, Yeah, opinion. I like the basketball of heads. That was really good. I loved them all. My favorite mm. is Daphne Byrne. I don't know I why, but one. it is. I I I thought all of them were five out of fives though. Like I just I they're they're there's they're so different, and they're both they're all good horror comics. Right. So I I'm I'm glad that those existed. I hope they announce another batch of those, but I'm not holding my breath. That's for sure.
1: The war well, I would, stuff. I would I wished, still like I, to see I, use the I, host.
0: That that uh Star Spangled War, eighty page giant or hundred page from Walmart, that was good. I I, I liked, liked it almost a lot. everything
2: in it. Yeah.
1: There oh, was the a re two recent I could have done one, with that. But. The recent um with the unknown soldier lead feature and all that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: That unknown soldier by Christopher Priest was excellent.
1: Yeah, I liked that, 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 one. Needs a that series. Was, that was probably my favorite in the in yeah. the book. Yeah, it was really good. I
0: enjoyed that quite a bit. I was glad to get it.
1: I was too. I was, I'm at the point where if they publish it, a, a war comic with my guys, I'm going to buy it. You've got to get it on sale.
2: That, that's one of my rare double dips. I, I, I picked it up at Walmart because I couldn't stand waiting for the, the direct edition to come out.
1: Yeah, I did. not well, I never same. could find it, but thankfully, I had a, a good friend, or one of our Twitter buddies, send me one. And nice. then I had then I had pre ordered the the direct edition because yep. anything war, I, I obviously want the the complete every option.
0: It's a good thing that it came out though. Man, they stopped those giants. Yeah, right I was really surprised time.
1: because they had you know, they had announced one previously and it got cancelled and it was gonna have Sergeant Rock in it. Yeah. Right. And that and then that so I I fully expected this one to get cancelled too, so I was Pleasantly surprised when it showed up.
0: Yeah, and then we have that other Sergeant Rock hardcover that just came out recently. the The thing that I was bummed out about about that thing personally was that that is almost the entirety of the Fireside book. Like uh, that Fireside War right. comic. America, that came America out. goes
2: to war. Yeah. Yeah,
0: have... it's almost the. And I had just bought that. Like, I didn't know it was the same. <laughs> I had bought it about a year and a half ago. And then I looked at the contents of that versus what was in that art cover. And there's like three issue difference. There's not too much. so.
1: Well, the good thing about that is that America at War is probably one of the best trade collections you could get. Yeah. If you were going to give it, cost not being an object, because, you know, it's, it's pricey. But if you were just gonna hand something to somebody and go, uh, you got interest in military stories, here you go. That would be yeah. that would be yeah. one that you could hand them and go, there's probably I wanted something to make in sure here that, you'll really like.
0: I wanted to make sure that thing came out so bad I bought five copies.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciated you doing that. I saw that tweet. I, you had said you were going to and I was I was thrilled to see them show up and that you had followed through. If I I bought two. Because Yeah. It, at all joking
2: aside, that's a good investment because you know those things are going to go out of print and they're going to be have a uh, they're going to have a good resale value on the secondary market. Yeah, I
0: was gonna I was gonna try to sell one after two years and then five years and then ten years and then <laughs> something else. There you go. That. Just just as an experiment to see how it goes and obviously keep keep my copy. Right. Yeah. I think well, that's my... gonna
2: hold its value.
1: I bought well, two just to support it. <laughs> If it goes up, that's great, but d c at least I helped boost those numbers, and I'm sure that we aren't the only ones doing that. I know there's got to be some other die hard guys going come on d c give us some more
0: well, the thing that was cool too is when we bought I bought them from d c b s at fifty percent off, right, so like even if I sell it for cover, I've doubled my money
2: <laughs> now did they let you buy five at that price or do you, after a couple days it go up?
0: No, they they didn't. There wasn't a limit on it. Oh, nice. Yeah, because I remember there used the to limit. be like,
2: there used to be some issues that they would let you do that, but you could only get like it'd be like limit two or limit three. I didn't yeah. know what they did they with do, the trades. They
0: do that sometimes with. I haven't seen it with the trades, but I've seen it with the comics.
2: Maybe because the trades are just flat fifty and, at all. And time. I know
0: the I know the bundles. Like if you were to do the Valiant bundle, it says limit two per per customer.
1: Right. Well, the limits can change because I know sometimes it's limit two, sometimes it's limit five. They've yeah. even done some that were like 60% off, and that was limit one at that price.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, I think we can uh, we answered the questions. Oh, you got one comic left. Why don't you go through that real quick? What All do you got right. left, well, Kurt?
1: It was a pretty simple story. There were two stories in it. It's our fighting forces. Number 145, cover dated November December 1973. There's been a lot of talk of John Severin on Twitter lately, so I decided I ha- I don't think I've read this one, so I pulled it out to read it. And it opens up the losers are in a Hopefully flag it was for good stuff. Oh, it was. I mean, because it's on a Twitter simple... all I've
0: been seeing is bad stuff lately. Like this guy did this and this guy did that and I try to
1: mute all that stuff because and everybody's <laughs> like how could you not know about it? Well, I'm muting every one of you jokers, so <laughs> and I'm on I'm on Twitter a lot, and I don't know about a lot of this stuff because yeah. I've got you all muted. So I can understand how somebody not on Twitter wouldn't know anything about it. Anyway. How do you know
0: what name to mute though? Like it's happening almost every three days. Yeah.
1: Well, usually if it starts coming up, I just start muting. I don't even read the tweet. I just, I, you know, it'll say. It'll be. A oh, it'll it'll,
0: it'll say like Jay Lee's trending or Jeff Loeb is trending. Right, I'll Okay, I'm going to mute Jeff cussing. Loeb.
1: <laughs> this guy's cussing a lot. Block, mute, mute, block.
2: <laughs> this point, I'm I do good to keep up with my notifications. I'm so far behind on Twitter.
0: Yeah, that's, I'm. That's all I know, do pretty much is I just look at my notifications and then I I look I scroll right before I go to bed through through people i follow
1: i try to scroll through all the notifications and i still manage to miss some because mm-hmm. every now and then i'll see I'll, something in a thread will pop up and i'll go well i missed the start of that anyway this is the losers in a flag for losers bob Caniger script john severin art and archie goodwin god bless god rest his soul was the editor we, we open up in french north africa A Nazi tank under command of a Vici Frenchman advances on Fort Finney, and I may mispronounce all of this, so just bear with me. They are out of water and plan to take the fort and the water it contains. The commander of the fort has some secrets. He, along with the losers, are the only ones still alive. He asks for a volunteer to repair the French flag at the fort, for the flag is very important to him. Gunner volunteers and climbs the flagpole, only to be attacked by a Luftwaffe plane diving out of the sun. Captain Cloud commands the losers to lead him. Fire ahead of his nose. The plane is hit and crashes into a fiery death in front of the tanks. The tanks say, well, it's up to us to take the fort. Gunner is allowed to go to the well first as a reward for climbing the pole, only to learn of another of the commander's secrets. The well is dry. The Nazis are attacking the fort for the water, not knowing there is none. The losers go outside the fort to set up an ambush on the advancing tanks. It works, but the fort commander and the Vichy Frenchman manage to square off in a duel to the death. The two men, brothers, fighting for different causes, kill each other. We close with the losers heading out into the desert. And it's just gorgeous John Severin art. Very simple, not much background with the... The desert, but he makes it come alive. I felt hot reading the story. A Feast of Caterpillars is our backup story.
0: Did you say this was
1: 45? 145. Oh, I
0: I, 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 I was like... Cover features
1: Gunner on the flagpole.
0: Yeah, this is interesting, because I wrote 45, and I'm like, that's the first appearance of of Gunner and Sarge.
1: No, I didn't do that one tonight.
0: Uh.
1: This is one of the 20 thinners. The backup story is A Feast of Caterpillars written by J. David Warner who I wasn't familiar with and the art is by Rick Estrada We open on a rice farmer with an American army in the background The farmer is the narrator of our tale It's a tale about Tonkin, an area now known mostly as North Vietnam We see a villager running to the city of Koh La to the dwelling of the great poet General Tran Hung Dao he warns of Kublai Khan and his Mongol army advancing. The villager has witnessed the destruction of this invading army. He has heard them boast of conquering this land in just a few days' time. The general instructs the men to prepare for battle and the women to paint a very specific pattern onto the leaves of the trees with using their stockpiles of honey. As the invading army advances, they find these leaves, Caterpillars have eaten the honey from the leaves, leaving a warning. Turn back or perish. They've eaten out the words in whatever language they were speaking. It's pretty cool. Half of Khan's army deserts. His remaining soldiers are spooked and easily defeated. We close on a rice farmer saying the Vietnamese people love, laugh, and dream. After 1,000 years of war, perhaps in that there is hope. So it's a a definite anti-war sympathetic to the Vietnamese story, which is kind of probably against the grain in 1973.
0: Do you have 45? Yeah. Wow.
1: I've got it in Joe's house.
0: Uh,
2: Yeah, I don't know about that.
1: (laughs) 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 No, I bought that one years ago in the late 80s early 90s my goal was to focus on first appearances of the characters I liked and then work my way down to the cheaper issues because I figured first appearances were always going to be going up and that was a pretty good strategy
0: yeah sounds like it
1: the hard part was finding them because even now with the internet you can't find a lot of these books
0: Yeah, I should get that there's a buy it now for 225
1: for the first Gunner and Sarge.
0: Yeah, it's VGFN. But but if you look at it, like my comic shop is selling a 2.0 for 125.
2: <laughs> Man, I give it a 2.0, but that's just me.
0: Yeah, I guess I guess the one thing that's nice about uh my comic shop is they if you go there, you can at least zoom in. Yeah. In general, I have found like anytime I, their
2: grading's off. I think it's typically like a low demand book. That's probably been in storage so long that it's like started to rub or something. Cause I know I've gotten some of their dollar books that were like near mint and you, you take it out and it's, it's probably because they've had it bagged and boarded for like 10 years that it's just started to rub a little. But in general, I mean, if they say it's a, you know, a five, it's a five, it, and what have you?
0: Oh, they're 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 be, they're good graders. Yeah, they are. They they grade aggressively. I like that.
1: Well, I've had mixed results. The if I buy a very good, it usually looks at least very good, oftentimes better. But a lot of their near mints that I've gotten will have a, a spine ding or a corner ding, and a, like that shouldn't be a near mint. That might be a very fine plus. Maybe at best a near mint minus, but definitely not a nine point four.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that that's the kind of stuff I've run into. I remember I was getting all those uh, triumphant books recently, and I literally think it's you know, they were all near mints, but I I think it's just because they've been in storage for so long that, you know, just getting shuffled around and moved yeah. they weren't they weren't near mint anymore.
1: Yeah, most of and they didn't always bag and board everything. That's a relatively new development. I've been buying from them for years. That's true. And it used to just come in a big bundle of yep. comics in one giant outer bag. Yep. I'm glad they started bagging and boarding. It makes it because I want my stuff bagged and boarded no matter what. And then I feel like it gives it extra protection and shipping because I've had I've had some that arrived damaged. The box was damaged, but the comics were fine because the bag and board took a hit on the corner. But the comic was actually shifted into the middle of the bag and board. So it was safe.
2: Yeah, I had a—I can't remember who I got a recent box from, but like every one of them had a ding in it, and it, and you could tell it was like a packaging thing where it just like because it was in the same corner of all of them. I don't—I don't, I don't want to like call out names on anyway, but you know, but that's always a bummer when that kind of stuff happens. Yeah.
0: Well,
1: that's
0: if why it's a I dollar book, get- I don't. What do you Yeah, get? if it's a do- dollar book, I don't worry about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Oh, de- well, these were all new releases. And because of COVID, I think I've told you guys I had I had pre-orders all over the map because they shut down my comic doc, uh, my while I was in the middle of doing my, my pre-order for that month. And so I was freaking out. And um I think I got some of them from T for like the next two or three months and 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 I went back to D C B S for a little while. And so, yeah, I've I've had stuff coming in from all over the country.
1: <laughs> well, it was an uncertain time, and they still don't seem to have everything straightened yeah. out. Because I see a lot of retailers on Twitter saying they they don't have their all their books this week. Yeah, yeah,
2: it's
0: yeah,
2: I, I, Like I say, I I I've I've, been, I've the, tried everybody some, lately.
0: Some people are having trouble with the DC stuff.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that seems to be I, I the biggest problem. Been. <clears throat> yeah, I think I think people are trying to fi- they're they're finding flaws in the system like <clears throat> some people want to pay check cat uh cash on delivery and they need to do cer- certain way and and then the the provider like UPS won't take a certain type of check. <laughs> so there there's all kinds of like weird anomalies that are happening.
1: Well, I worry about comics. That's my favorite thing here on this earth is, is playing with comics. So I don't like any disruptions to the system. <laughs> I want it to be I want it to be healthy, I want it to be free flowing, I want comics everywhere.
0: Well there'll uh, always be comics. It's it, just it, whether whether it's what you want. 'Cause it's it might a turn format in, thing maybe. It, it yeah. might turn it might turn into a more digital world. Yeah. <clears throat> so you might and, have to go into back issues, but
2: I know this has really made me start rethinking, maybe, especially because the Image series that I'm interested in, uh, it's really making me think about maybe, I I hate calling it trade waiting, uh, but, you know, just trade collecting, because it's, it was so disruptive on some of those things. Like, when I go back into a series and I hadn't read it in four months, I I can't remember what the hell's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know,
2: and then I hate having to go dig it back out, so... (laughs) It's making me rethink maybe doing collected editions, especially on like the, the the, uh, the more serialized stuff like from Image or or Boom.
0: Yeah, I don't have to usually worry about it because I just let them stockpile and then I read it <laughs> like a trade. Oh, I I get impatient with some of
2: those new issues. Uh, I, like I'll, I'll be like, oh man, what happened in uh, Reavers this month? And then and then by the time you know three months later, I was like, what the hell did happen in Reavers that month? <laughs> Yeah, Yeah, I just remember. I I
0: just remember my favorite character dying in the first one, so I'm like, "Oh wow!" And then (laughs) I see her on the cover in the second volume. (laughs) Right. So I said, "Ah, she might not be dead." (laughs) Oh man, that little girl with the teeth. Oh yeah. What's her name?
2: I can't remember, (laughs) because it's been so long since I read read the last one. (laughs) She's my.
0: (laughs) She's my favorite. Uh, and then you have that big, the big dude, like he's, he's a monster. You just like, let him knock, knock shit down.
2: <laughs> Put him in the that? front line. Is that Justin Jordan? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's good stuff. I need to go back and see, read some of the stuff he did with um Valiant.
0: Well, it's uh, like uh the Magnificent Seven in a fantasy world. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's totally yeah. that. Well, now you've it's got my interest.
2: It's good. It's, it's Reavers. The first trade it's out there. It's not. I think it was like maybe fifteen bucks. You should pick it up.
0: I don't think I've read that one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the it's the formula of Magnificent Seven or Last Starfighter. Uh, no, uh, not yeah, Last Starfighter or what is that? Battle Beyond the Stars. The same formula where you have to get this oddball type of team together to save the world
2: <laughs> yeah like that oh, one like star that. wars movie too yeah. uh rogue uh, uh is it rogue one yeah yeah it's, like, it's, it's one of those that, kind of things that
0: is one of my favorite uh dirty new...
2: dozen kind of things
0: yeah. yeah it's one of my favorite new releases the Mine rogue too. I,
1: I haven't seen all the star wars movies i've fallen behind and i'll i think i've re-watched rogue one probably 30 times at least
0: yeah, I, I like, was watching I it like on TV this
1: weekend. It was on TNT, and my wife's was like, why are you watching that with commercials?
0: TNT shows Star Wars every week, I think.
2: <laughs> I, I tell you, I am a big dummy. The first time I saw Rogue One, uh, I didn't realize what's going to happen. Spoilers, guys. Um, but when they kill the, the droid, I went, holy crap, it's Dirty Dozen. They're all going to die, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: as and, soon and, as it started, I went to see it with my best friend since first grade. And I leaned over to him and go, you know, this is a suicide mission. Ain't nobody going home. <laughs> <on." laughs> and he was like, you're full of crap. And, well, like,
2: that. and then everybody's like, well, you knew they were all going to die because it said many Bothans died to get you this information. I said, many Bothans? I didn't know all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah I, 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 I thought that was just well handled. I mean, you didn't yeah. know going in. Now, once it started, I was like, oh, I think. I think this is a suicide mission. Yeah. I don't, I think that's why we don't know who Jen Urso is before this. Right.
2: Yeah, I but, love that movie. Yeah, I'd I'd do right I do too. <laughs> I can,
1: I mean, it was on Friday or Saturday. I've lost track of my days, but I was sitting there watching it and then it came on again. We're getting two TNTs on, on direct TV now. And it came on again on the like Western feed. My wife yeah. was like, we're not watching it again
0: with commercials. <laughs> <laughs> So you could watch it like back to back. I could. I <laughs> you're like two hours movie. off. <laughs>
1: one's Pacific
0: and one's Eastern, so you're like three hour. What is it? A four hour differential.
2: Uh-huh. Mike, I think for for Christmas, what the uh, what the everything else podcast needs to get Kirk is a is he like a Roku or a Fire Stick so that he can just have so they could just have voodoo and just you know have that stuff already uh, on the tv and get, he can just hit a button
1: <laughs> that sounds like witchcraft
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what you need I, like i i have my ipad and then i just show it on the, the big tv yeah, so like yeah. i have hbo max all the hbo max dc universe dc disney plus and you can get a lot of free stuff like Crackle and Pluto TV. and.
2: Oh, I love Pluto.
0: Yeah, Pluto is that, interesting uh... because Pluto is like you have to watch it real time most of the stuff.
2: The smart TV that we just got, it actually yeah. has that stuff built in. Like you don't Uh-oh, even have oh, to Pluto, go to Pluto.
0: Pluto TV?
2: Yeah, it's like all there. Like a, does, it have, like, does it have pops Crackle up like a and
0: all that stuff too or what?
2: Oh, oh, well, that you can get from the App Store, but the actual Uh, Pluto stuff is actually in the guide that, like, you turn it on and it's all there, like, automatically. Oh, yeah. Like, go through all the channels. Yeah, it's cool.
0: That's where you can watch Space 1999. At least you could at one time. I don't know how long it stays there.
2: Oh my god! Every time I turn it on, it seems like RoboTech's on. I think they have a 24-hour RoboTech channel. <laughs> yeah,
0: they, well, well, it seems like they like rotate in like 24-hour channels of stuff. Yeah, they do. Like you, you have a 24-hour Baywatch. You have a 24-hour all kinds of different stuff. <laughs> but yeah, well, it I do love commercials.
1: Amerithon. I can watch something in order. I, when when I was working at the textile mill, we would look forward to holidays. Me and this girl named. Tamantia, I think, was, we called her Tan. I don't know if I have how, how to say her name correctly, but we would talk about the Law and Order Marathon is going to be on this holiday. And I'm watching that. <laughs> so we yeah, like 48 hours of Law and Order in a row.
2: I remember uh, one year, it was a Battlestar Galactica marathon on on the Sci-Fi channel, and I was I had a shift at Blockbuster, and I literally left on my lunch break to go change the VHS tape so I wouldn't miss any of it.
1: Was it the 70s or the more modern version?
2: It, it was the original, the 70s, yeah, the Glenn Larson stuff.
1: Oh, that's, that's my stuff right there. Yeah, but I remember like, oh man, I need an EP tape, and I can
2: get one between my shift. I'll have to run back just one time to to flip the tape.
1: (laughs) I was buying the original, like one episode at a time on VHS at Suncoast for like fifteen or somewhere between fifteen and twenty five dollars a tape, and then years later, I'm getting the whole series on DVD for like fifty bucks.
0: Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like I
1: was doing this wrong.
2: Yeah, I I remember doing that, uh, going to Suncoast and and doing that with like Doctor Who tapes or Godzilla movies because they were the only place you could have it and yeah and it, and they were like crazy expensive you know thirty forty bucks sometimes and yeah and then you find like years later a uh, Godzilla on a Blu-ray for five dollars at Walmart in the right. dump you
1: know. <laughs> Yeah, i has been a fortunate sunk, but you couldn't find it anywhere else. You were right. you were thrilled. You were like, oh, "I can't believe they have this." Yep. Those were
2: the days, man.
0: Do you still have all your VHSs?
1: I don't have all of them, but I've got most of them.
2: I've got the ones I care about, like uh like the Godzilla ones. I I still have those. The yeah. Doctor Who collection I sold off because uh all of it was streaming. And then guess what? They pulled all of it, and now yeah. I don't have it Now you no. don't have it anymore. <laughs> so, so I've learned uh, The advantages yeah. of physical media.
0: They can't yep. take yes. it away from you. The only thing you have to worry about is is your box dying and then having to procure another one. <laughs> yeah, and your That's family.
1: True. My family is yeah. ruined. My mother packed up some of my VHS and put it on the carport, and I didn't know this. I didn't realize what she had done. I was just moving stuff around. And it turned out this container had gotten a cracked lid and gotten water in it. So all my VHS in that box and this plastic bin soaked in rainwater for like a year. So everything mm. was just a ruined, swampy mess. I could have created a supervillain out of that mess.
2: <laughs> the funny thing about outdated equipment is ultimately, like if one breaks his... The most expensive VCR I ever bought was my first one and my last one. The first one was like three hundred dollars. The last one was like a hundred. All of them in between there, or, or, or for the most part, were in between there. You know, cause, uh, but
0: now, but now they're going up again.
2: That's what because, I'm saying. Yeah, because they, they get
0: expensive again. They get expensive, just like if you try to get a cassette player.
2: Right.
1: <clears throat> well, they're not. They don't show up in the thrift stores like they used to. It used to be there was always at least one on the shelf. And that happened with boom boxes
2: too. Yeah. I was looking for a tape deck about the same time you were looking for a Walkman, Mike, and um I was looking at Goodwills all over the place because you used to good. I mean, they were ubiquitous at like thrift stores, and no, nah, nobody had boom boxes anymore. Yeah. And if they did, they didn't work. You know, yeah. the tape deck was broken on them.
0: Yeah, right now I just have I have a, a lot of uh DVD players, but I have one of those. VHS DVD converters, right? Yeah, so I I convert all my tapes to like I I got some obscure stuff like firearm <laughs> when that when that comic came out from Malibu right. it came out with a video cassette so I like I put that in CD and then I took a lot of I think Kirk was posting about some of those uh Marvel toys or us video cassettes with the Marvel stuff on it. Mm-hmm. I converted all that stuff over to you.
1: Does it work like if like Disney would copyright protect their tapes so you couldn't make a copy? Yeah, a
0: copyright. yeah, yeah, it works.
2: I want to I want to try that cuz I have like one of those old ones. Uh I want to say it was from like Kellogg's or somebody. The, when the dream team went to barcelona there's like a, a video talking about all the all the players you know larry bird and magic and michael and i have one of those that i, I had to eat like four boxes of cornflakes or something to get uh, a vhs tape i'd like to watch that again at some point
0: yeah yeah all right well we're gonna let you get some rest because you need to get ready for the dentist tomorrow woohoo
2: I'm yeah. not. I'm not excited, good. but I'm glad for it to be over. Good.
1: Good luck to you, buddy. But it
0: is going to be weird uh, chewing for a while, I imagine. Cause yeah, I don't think you chew that. for like
1: three or four days. <laughs> we need to have a moment of silence for Rob.
0: Yeah, for his his tooth. Well, Pour
1: one out for his forty. <laughs> oh,
0: Rob, yeah, Rob. So, yeah. Could, Rob is out watching uh, probably uh, Perry Mason with his wife.
2: Oh man, they could have watched that tomorrow. It's on streaming. Come on.
1: Come on, Rob.
0: Come I on! Don't I don't know. Every I... time, every time he bailed out on me on a Sunday, it's because it was Game of Thrones night. We watch,
2: we watch Perry Mason and uh, the Michelle McNamara documentary too. Rob, come on! We watch it on Monday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Maybe he doesn't want to get spoiled. Maybe. Oh, he there you go.
2: There you go. Do like I do and don't look at Twitter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, you Would guys have. will a... ruin
1: a a show for you.
0: All right, guys, have a good one. Thanks, Mike. Talk to you in a while. Bye. Bye, everybody. Later. Bye.